Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to the Behind the Rails podcast. I am your host, Travis Miller of BoilerUpload.com. I'm still getting used to saying that. And with me, as always, is Purdue's all-time touchdowns leader, Corey Sheets. And, Corey, this, this one was not fun on Saturday, was it? No, it wasn't. How you doing? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm frustrated, man. It's just – it's <laughs> very disappointing to – have an Iowa team that has struggled offensively nearly run up 400 yards and then the Purdue offense essentially did nothing for four quarters I mean when you don't tackle nobody and you're just going in there chicken winging it that's what happens people run free <laughs> the, the boys turn it into men and arm tackles just ain't gonna do it and uh, I, I'm betting you, if you were in Ross Aid, you would have been like me, like a bunch of other people. You would have been wondering why the hell we were not running the ball more when you have 20, 25, 30 mile an hour wins. I mean, it's 20, it, right, right now I'm rewatching the game just to catch up on some things, but it, it's the score. Me as a running back, I knew if once it got up to double digits, I wasn't going to see the ball no more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even think it's the score because the biggest sequence in the game really was there late in the second quarter, Purdue uh, breaks a big run. They get it down to the two and it's first right. and goal from the two. It's 17, nothing, but you get a touchdown there. You're going into halftime down 10 with I mean, modern college football. That's nothing. Who has to score a touchdown? That's the problem. Yeah, you got to – I mean, Coach Brom admitted that he probably should have called at least one play running play for Maccabi, but he's averaging five yards a carry, and we go incomplete pass, incomplete pass, sack. And that – I mean, if if there was a chance to still win the game, it felt like it was over at that point, even even though we got a field goal. Mm. I mean, this is sad to say, but they're stuck on – it has to be the quarterback to save the day. If we go ahead, it has to be because of O'Connor. It's a, a story you see every year, especially with Purdue. If the quarterback's not great, then the team sucks. <laughs> and from from my vantage point, there were at least a couple times where Maccabee or Downing, was they were wide open on a wheel route on the left side, but uh, O'Connell was just focusing in on Charlie Jones, and I get it. Jones is a good ball player. He's a great receiver, but you can't have one guy with 11 receptions and your next highest guy has two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's his friend, so <laughs> that's to be expected. <laughs> he's, throwing, he's throwing to him. He's looking for him every single time. So team, uh, teams, are, teams know that. So you shut one guy down, you shut them all down. Hey, y'all, we got to take a break right now to pay for some stuff, so we will be right back after this ad. The Behind the Rails podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, concerts, events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online research for all of your sports information from 
live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that is B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. It, none of it made I mean, sense. I mean, I, I, I've always criticized the OC just with the nickel and diamond. But it's like he picks and chooses when he wants to go big and when he wants to play it safe. And I'm not sure if that's Brom in his ear or what's going on. But some games he plays it safe. Some games he opens it up. And it's hard to watch because you never know what are you going to get. And I don't think this was the game to open up. This was tailor-made for that dink and dunk. Ball control. Get it down the field. Because nothing – you weren't getting anything – in the air beyond like 15, 20 yards with any consistency. Oh, every time O'Connor threw the ball, somebody was there picking it off or coming down with it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's like he, both of his interceptions were coming as he was going to the North end of the field. The wind's coming out of the South. What happens when you throw the ball high over the middle? You're asking for it to get picked and it doesn't take a lot to lift that ball. <laughs> Right for it to sell. I mean, the first the first one was just like, ah, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you just throw it to the other guy. They call the penalty. <laughs> you gonna get it right back to him? Yeah, that one was <laughs> bad, man. That one. Uh. <laughs> I'm sitting here, and like I'm sitting there watching it, like the, the ball don't fly. <laughs> <laughs> he was determined to throw that pick in one way or another. Yeah, that was one of those situations where, look, a turnover needed to happen, and it happened back-to-back plays. (laughs) And I know you said you were going to watch the offensive line a little bit this week, and it seemed like their defensive line was a little bit disruptive, too, and uh, caused caused some problems for O'Connell. Yeah, O'Connell, the running backs, uh, (laughs) they, they was all over the place. Like, every time I'm looking up, somebody's in the backfield. Somebody slamming O'Connell down. I thought they should have got a PI for that uh that one sack, but that's me being touchy. Yeah. <laughs> McAvee didn't have nowhere to run. And plus it seemed like the, the the game got to him at a certain point and he was just running just to be running. He wasn't running with purpose. Yeah, because he started the game real strong, uh, but only finished with sixty five yards on fourteen carries and yeah, you know, again, he he was open out of the backfield all day, but he was not finding him. I I just didn't understand it. I mean, one, there's no trust there. Two, he's not really looking for the bat. He's looking down the field, thinking the big play, big play. When I've always told quarterbacks this: five to get you six every time, mm-hmm. and it could be six yards or it could be six points. <laughs> five to get you six. Yeah, <laughs> just just a frustrating game, especially since it was it was a classic Iowa win, and Iowa's a type of team: strong defense, solid running game. Usually, uh, this this year is an exception, except on Saturday. And this is not a team you can fall behind by multiple scores to. I mean that that game was over. You just felt it was over after the big seventy five yard run to start the second half. I was about to say, yeah, like. 
I wanted to turn it off the first time I was watching it. Like, there's no mercy here. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the worst feeling. What? Like, yeah, like the linebacker. I forget what number it was, but he missed. He had him in, right in the hole. That's one of them knockout shots. All you gotta do is go in there, and blow him up. You don't, you can't you can't miss. Uh-huh. You gotta really move yourself out the way for you to miss, and he does. It's like, are you serious? Then I don't know what twenty one was. I don't even know what his name was because they got Purdue in the back of their jerseys. But twenty one is so slow. He needs not to be in the secondary. <laughs> I, I believe that is uh, Sanusi Kane. Yeah, the safety, and he's oh Purdue's leading God. tackler on the season. Keep him in the box. They need to switch. The, oh man, when he opened up the turn, I'm like, all right, you gonna gain a little bit of ground? No. And it wasn't like their running back was that fast. Like he was quick and elusive, but he wasn't fast. He had two, a couple of chances to break that seventy-yard run, and he got caught. <laughs> he still finished the day with two hundred yards, and he only had three fifty-three coming in. <laughs> and they weren't tackling him, so shit. That's of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had, he had what a, a fifty-yarder and a, a, a seventy-what seventy-two. There was at least a 75. I'm pretty sure he had another big one. Uh, he had 22 carries, but you're av- he was averaging nine yards a carry. Yeah, they weren't tackling him. Like It was like they didn't want to tackle him. I don't, under- I don't understand it. Like it, Early in the first half, he had a play where he opened up on the sideline, on, the, on their sideline, and two linebackers just wet the bed and like whiffed. <laughs> and I'm like, they clearly had their eyes closed. <laughs> There's no way you go to make that type of tackle and you whiff. And he, he if he was faster, it, that would have been his first 70 yarder. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just didn't get it. It was, I mean, and three of their four scores came on a three possession thing. They went touchdown, Purdue threw a pick, touchdown, Purdue threw another pick, and a field goal. And. I think that's the most disappointing. And it's not like the interceptions gave him the ball deep in uh, Iowa territory. Uh, one was at midfield and the other was uh, pretty deep in, in Iowa territory. Wasn't there Rezo? Yeah, uh, it looks like. Re- yeah, he was picked off at the 26. And, or they started the drive at the 15. Pretty was at the 26 when they started. And the very first play, like you said, 44-yard run. So you flip the field immediately after that. Exactly. Thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I pick O'Connell. Then I said, I don't, I'm not gonna say the moment got to him, it just seemed like either they were rusty just from not playing, the week off might have hurt him rather than help him. But I, I don't know, this is just it was hard to watch the coaches, hard to, to deal with mentally, just wondering what the hell they're thinking. <laughs> That's what I. That's where I was on Saturday. I'm just like, what? What is going on here? <laughs> like who? Like who? Like uh, <sighs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's, I, know. It's, it's, I, I don't know where to start. Like I don't know where to go. Just because the defense looked horrible with not wanting to tackle the offense looked horrible. They couldn't complete a pass all day. They had a few runs that that were good here and there but it wasn't no consistency 
that, and that is the consistency. I honestly felt the defense was playing great in the second half after the 75 yard run. They, they were doing everything they could to get Purdue back in it, but the offense wasn't doing anything. And I also know it's Iowa. They're conservative by nature and they were content to just sit on the ball and let the clock move. Right. That's called taking your foot off the gas and coaster. They're playing bad enough to where we don't got to do that extra. As long as we don't do nothing stupid, they're going to give us the game. And you see the score. <laughs> I think what's so disappointing is after Purdue was unable to get that touchdown on the first and goal situation from the two, it just felt like they were not going to score anymore the rest of that day. And, and we were right. Next possession, turnover on downs right before halftime. Then punt, punt, turnover on downs, punt, turnover on downs, punt, end of game. And I'm not sure we even crossed a 50 on any of those. I don't think so either, but sometimes I really do wish I could sit with the coaches and he's asking, like, what the hell are y'all thinking? (laughs) Just between us, like, I'm not going to repeat this nowhere. I, I, I just for my sanity. What the hell are you guys thinking? Because you have a guy that can do this and you go here with it. You have you show that your offensive line can run the ball and move guys out the way. Yet you have one of the windiest days all year and you're throwing long shots. <laughs> and they're getting picked off, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what what made you do this? <laughs> it it's so bizarre, but this it, it led into the narrative that Jeff Brom's teams just cannot play in any sort of adverse weather conditions whatsoever, <laughs> because they have they have just struggled since he got here. If it's raining, if there's a lot of wind, if there's snow, forget it, man. I mean. They lost to Eastern Michigan in the rain in 2018. They lost up at Minnesota by 31 points on a snowy day. I mean, it's Minnesota. You shouldn't be shocked it's snowing. <laughs> they lost. <laughs> uh, they lost. Um, they lost a game that was just in an utter downpour against Illinois in 2019. Uh, oh. A couple of cold weather games in 2020. They had the loss last year against um, Minnesota in the rain and. I don't get it, man. It's just this team can't I, – I don't know why Jeff Brom can't handle any adverse weather whatsoever. I was going to say, it ain't the team. It's the coaching. Yeah. The yeah. coaches don't know how to coach when it's not perfect conditions because the players still got to play. It ain't like they're not playing. Yeah. It's, it's the plays, it's the positions they're being put in. It's the calls being made, the calls not being made, and then guys being put in bad position, make bad decisions, end up being a bad place. Mm-hmm. And especially with weather, and I was statistically got one of the best defenses in the country. You're not going to hit big plays on him. You're you're going to struggle to hit big plays on him if the weather's perfect. So. I, I wouldn't I would totally agree on that because I've I seen some places, some plays that should have been made, but it's, it's bad mechanics one way or another or a drop ball or O'Connor just overthrows a guy. Like, 
there were plays to be made. They were there were big chunk plays to be made. And I believe if we had made those connections, the game might have been different. But whatever, like what you said, whatever these these teams are going through when it's not sunny and shiny and seventy five, <laughs> they can't play. And, and I think a lot of it does come down to, like you said, O'Connell. Um, this was his second straight game where he's really kind of struggled. He only has one touchdown pass against five interceptions in the last two games. That That's not going to win. You're, you're was, not going to get done. Was he hurt one of those games? Did he get an uh, injury that he came up? I think that might be what's really going on with him. I can see that. He's been banged up. He missed the Florida Atlantic game. He came back for the Minnesota game, didn't have a touchdown, but he threw and threw two interceptions, but we still won. Uh, he was pretty damn good against Nebraska, honestly. 35 of 54 for 391 and four touchdowns with only one pick. But these last two, uh, he he's just not had it. He also got sacked five times. And there there was one time he got sacked. It took him a little extra time to get up. Was wasn't his uh they said his ribs were bruised or something like that? That's what that's what the rumors were back when he missed the Florida Atlantic game and that he uh he had some like busted ribs or bruised ribs or something. And I re- I remember you saying that's not something that just gets better all over the season. So uh, yeah, I was just about to say they might they might be broken and, and they're just overshadowing it. Mm-hmm. And so hell, I played with broken ribs two years in a row. It's easy to miss. Especially trying to be a tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it, man. I believe it. Well, I guess the good news from all of this, it, there's there's a little bit of good news. Nobody wants to win the Big Ten West. Uh, Illinois dropped it, <laughs> dropped a home game against Michigan State that had they won, it probably all but locked up the division for them. And there's a very real chance by the end of the day, this coming Saturday, you could have a four-way tie atop the Big Ten West with two games to go. <laughs> our last two games? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I was just oh. watching something. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, last three games are Illinois, Northwestern, and Indiana. So if Purdue can get past the Illini, and I, I kind of think Iowa's a little bit better version of uh, Illinois. Uh-huh. Or Illinois is a little bit better version of Iowa, I should say. If they can get past, <clears throat> if they can get past Illinois, they're going to be strongly favored against a Northwestern team that's currently one and eight, and an Indiana team that is very likely not going to be anywhere near bowl eligible. So, did yeah, Northwestern just give Ohio State a run for their money? Yeah, the same thing happened. Uh, <laughs> it was windy and rainy and everything else in Evanston, and they just mucked it up for four quarters, and they only lost twenty-one to seven. So, only twenty-one seven. But yeah, that's that's better than I expect for that uh, combination of gameplay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they were ahead for they were ahead seven nothing for the longest time in that game too. It just. Ohio State couldn't do anything in the weather. I mean, they are obviously able to do a little bit more than Purdue, but. Still, <laughs> they played down to their opponent. That coach has gotten their ass that third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just they've still got a chance to do something. Yeah, they would probably be a very, very heavy underdog in the Big Ten championship game to Michigan or Ohio State. But, hey, 
division title still at least looks good on paper and uh, the recruits can see that too. So. Yeah, but they ain't dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's probably going to end up be, if they were to do it, it's probably going to be the weakest division title in uh, big 10 history, at least since they split into divisions. So. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's something to, something to hang your hat on, I guess, but. This is an ugly, an ugly, uh, <laughs> ugly six so far. I'm, I'm gonna say seven. I'm gonna be seven, seven wins. Uh huh. And you know, it, you can still get to a bowl pretty easily. You only need to get one of the last three, and they'll, they'll probably get one of those to give us at least somewhere in the postseason. But these last two games have not inspired a lot of confidence in uh, in things right now, and it's it's going to be tough to right the ship because this is this is honestly the toughest opponent that we had in the back half of the season. So, but I, I, I like, I've been saying this all year and Purdue plays to their competition. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly seems like uh, the coaches coach to their competition. If they oh. think highly program, they coach better. Mm-hmm. If they don't, we get what we got on Saturday. <laughs> And I think I think this coming Saturday you're going to see another gritty, rough and tumble game. Um, Illinois already beat Iowa nine to six this year. All field goals in that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Purdue only beat Illinois thirteen to nine. Illinois statistically has the best defense in the country, and they have the nation's leading rusher. So, like I said, they're a better version of Iowa, in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I hope they I hope the defense brings that bring their hard hats to to the game Saturday. And whatever's going on with O'Connell, I hope he figures it the hell out. Or heals up, get him some sea moss or something. Sea <laughs> <laughs> moss? What's that? It's a, a natural healing remedy. It, it ain't got nothing to do with healing a body as far as football, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll trust you, man. So, I'm I'm just talking, talking right now. But <laughs> well, at at least it's a chance to still do something. And uh, Purdue's done well in Illinois of late. They actually have won five in a row at Illinois in this series. It, it's one of those bizarre series that the road team has been dominant over the last ten or fifteen years. Gotcha. <laughs> So we will have more on that this uh, this coming week later this week as we turn the table or turn the tables. Uh, I'm tired <laughs> <laughs> as we turn the page to Illinois. But any final thoughts on this Iowa game or just kind of wrap it up and throw it in the trash here? Um, uh, O line looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is the the one game I said I was going to pay attention, and it was not a good one. <laughs> oh, there you go. But it, it wasn't that far. They ain't had no help around them to get things motivated. So, <laughs> well, I I know you'll like this though. Uh, we'll try to end things on a positive note. I've been talking behind the scenes, and uh, I think we might be able to get Maccabee's uncle on the podcast as a guest here in the coming weeks, and uh, you can impart some young some wisdom to the young man and uh you know talk about how he's had a successful season just giving advice and everything else i think i think that'd be something you'd be really good at so the mock review on his uncle 
uh, his uncle and maybe his dad. So, uh, but they're a very close knit family. They would be talking to him. So, yeah, I know they they reached out to me a few times. Awesome, that is fantastic. I like that, and I I believe they're <laughs> fans of the podcast. I know they've uh, they've read the websites and stuff. Sites plural. But uh, I, I'm excited to have them on and be the first time we've ever had a guest other than you and I on this thing. So that'll be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, uh, that about wraps things up for Iowa. Not a whole lot more you can say. So for Corey Sheets, I am Travis Miller of BoilerUpload.com. And we thank you for listening. We'll be back later this week to talk about the Illinois Fighting Illini. But until then, Boiler Up. BTFU. The Behind the Rails podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.